Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. You know, they talk about that you have this infinite power to do all these different things with everyone's read one of these books. But I think every time we, we pick up another book, it's kind of saying that we need to get re-encouraged about that idea and that maybe we didn't believe the last book because that's really kind of like the gesture. So at a certain point, you have to say, you know what? I got this. I know it already. This is my, my family, my lineage, my tribe, my cosmos, my universe. So what am I going to do from here now? Because like if my, all my energy is, is, is designed to be put into the women, to be put into the children, to be put into the community, the family, the foundation that we're developing on earth, I don't have time to put my energy into an argument or put my energy into someone else's uh, misconceptions about reality. Later teens and, and earlier 20s, I got a chance to really pioneer also in the business world quite a few different things. And so I met a lot of people. And in that experience, I basically learned that just because you, you, know, you, you have all this fame and the reality or whatever, it doesn't mean you know anything about the spirits. When it gets to the point where you know somebody's bringing some knowledge and truth, it's ringing with you, it's resonating, but you don't have a clue what they're saying, which means you'll probably learn something then, then you should probably more tap into the tone and the vibration. So it actually makes sense now that people are looking deeper into, quote unquote, mindfulness, looking deeper into their lives and what's happening around them seeing the Groundhog's Day type of effect of basically going in and out of a job every single day, seeing grandma leave, grandpa leave, and nobody know where they're going. So people actually are starting to really come into this cosmic alarm clock wake up. And this means that the party's about to get started. What's up, folks? Xavier Katana here. And wow, what an amazing episode we have for you guys today with Mr. James Bomar, otherwise known as Seven Bomar. We get into a lot of really amazing information in this episode. James is an entrepreneur, he's a thinker, he is an inventor, and he's getting into a lot of the things that really strike a chord for me and hopefully they do for you as well we get into timing and flow the body mind soul connection we we talk about communication we talk about ancestors we talk about being on the path cryptocurrency money there's so much information in this episode i don't think there is anything we didn't cover hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode as much as i did please get to us on twitter at the human xp facebook youtube all at the same name thank you guys so much for listening here is mr james bomar the human experience is in session my guest for today is mr seven bomar seven my good sir welcome to hxp Wow, Xavier, we finally made it to this point of really, really uh, delivering something amazing and special. And I'm so privileged to be able to enjoy that with your audience. 
How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm so glad that we could finally connect. Uh, we both have such busy schedules and we've been trying to make this happen for a while. So I'm so glad to have you here and to bring some of the awareness and, and knowledge that you have to our audience. For sure. I have a lot to deliver. You know, <laughs> I think this has actually been a long time coming. We share a lot of, uh, of mutual fans uh, and, and also, let's say, fans, followers, believers, truth holders, seekers, lighthouses, you know, a lot of mutual connections just in this collective community. Yeah. And it is also bringing us to a really, really unique crescendo where we're coming together and we're sharing things more than ever. And, you know, my job, my duty uh, my gift to humanity is definitely to ensure that we're able to keep forging those bridges strongly and that we're, you know, really connecting just from from the level of truth mm. and uh, understanding what we're going into and how that's going to, to benefit uh, all of humanity. And then also kind of looking central to the person. You know, I don't want to generalize much in this conversation today. It really will be about directly the person understanding themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of what I do is really about just that connecting the person with themselves. And I, of course, share information that I've learned along the path and that I've experienced and the wisdom that I gained uh, in order to be able to assist humanity because I see the collective and I respect the collective. And so that's that's where I'm at. I just want to, of course, start this off by giving thanks to really the ancestors who are our DNA. They're the memories, they're the connection. And they're like for us as in this stage of being seeds, you know, they're the blueprint of how we become trees. And mm. so they're always holding space. There is another level. There's always something greater and more massive. Mm. And so let's get to it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's dive right in. So, you know, Seven, I know you and, you know, I consider us friends and I know you as an inventor. I know you as someone who likes to, you know, look at things and create tools that better help humanity and, and other people for, you know, the larger picture, larger perspective. How would you address a question like, you know, who is Seven Bomar? How do you introduce yourself in that regard? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always one of the most challenging questions. And I would say that only because, you know, when you're trying to cram like a whole life full of experience, like even for anyone, it's like when I hear people's stories, I'm like, man, you should write a book. And then after you hear 10 or 15 people's story, you're like, man, every, maybe it's just that everybody has an amazing story. So when you try to narrow that down to to something could be a bit tough. However, I can, you know, just speak in respect to what I am doing now, which is obviously upliftment, mindfulness, and really, really, you know, setting the bar for what we're looking to to get out of our experience spiritually. And so I started that when I was younger. I started studying spiritual works by more or less demand from my mother, who was actually looking into all the spiritual traditions herself to really find her connection with God. Hmm. And then also my mom had more of an awareness that obviously the system was a bit rigged, especially when it came to school and, and it came to many different things. So in our household, we were really encouraged to read books. There was no TV. We made our own clothes. We did a lot of stuff that, you know, especially now and even then wasn't traditional. So it set some pretty good seeds inside of even what we practice now as being, you know, let's say the new age and how we're more mindful about what we're eating and our food. But I was doing this when I was younger, and I also had a, a very strong process of becoming acclimated with spiritual knowledge. And I always say that spirituality, as it, as we know it, is actually the study of spirits. And so there's this other level of spirituality, if you may, that actually gets a lot more deeper than the topics that are generally being discussed 
in the spiritual uh, arena these days. And so that's really what I was raised on is I was raised on a lot of the understanding of principalities, rulers, dominions, other forces that you can't see, princes of the air and these different kind of things that kind of give more of a hint to that there is like frequencies, forces, resonances, vibrations that either can be for or against what you're looking to achieve in your experience. Mm -hmm. And so I really got to a point now, this was of course being in bed to a young person. So when you're telling someone that's, you know, 11 or 12 years old that you can ask God for whatever you want, they kind of take that literal. So, you know, there was just a lot of connection with a lot of spiritual knowledge that I took so internally that when I got into my later 20s, it really had grown to quite a big bush. And that's what kind of led me off into the spiritual experience with, uh, you know, sharing with others and creating all these platforms and the things that I've done today. But I can say that it did have also a slingshot, slingshot effect. So I really spent my teens and my early 20s really exploring the world, but also from like a spiritual eye that was still kind of in rebellion to the whole idea of going back to something like, a, let's say, a dogmatic tradition or going back to even something like meditation and getting closer to God. So I was kind of the kid that was like, I'm so tired of seeing that. I'm just trying to get into the world and experience the world. So I actually did that. I Through my earlier, uh, later teens and, and earlier 20s, I got a chance to really pioneer also in the business world quite a few different things. And so I met a lot of people. And in that experience, I basically learned that just because you you know you you have all this fame and the reality or whatever it doesn't mean you know anything about the spirit. So mm. for me it was a bit disheartening because I thought I would get answers from those people in relation to those things and uh and so it also put me on a path to to go inward and to start you know get if I I always say if you don't see the portal you can be the portal. So basically I went into this next layer of creating what it was that I wanted to see come from the spiritual reality into the physical reality. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that there was a foundation that was laid for you in the early stages of your, of your upbringing, of your development that was encouraging you to look for this knowledge, this inner standing, as you say. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I, <laughs> we live life forward, we get it backwards, right? We live life forward, we understand it backwards. So the truth is, is that it, all of it to me seems like a, de a design. You know, even when we talk about synchronicity and deja vu, we're really talking about something that we feel like already occurred. And it's not an isolated phenomenon. It's not just something one or two people are experiencing. It's something that all of us are experiencing. And because of that, you know, it begs the question to look deeper into, you know, what is our life really being configured for? And I always say, just like your fingerprint, each person has something unique going on. And to unlock that uniqueness is actually the gift, because if you can do it for another person based on how you did it to yourself, this always puts us in a position of, of greatness. So when a person masters themselves, they also put themselves in a position to show someone else how to reach self-mastery. So I could say for sure that I was calibrated for what I'm doing right now as because I'm on track, I'm on point. I feel like I'm synchronized with my experience in this life. Uh, so the goal is, of course, is to get everyone into that on track in sync with themselves and the environment that's around them and letting them learn how they basically create everything that's around them through different levels of their projection. And it goes a bit deeper than just saying, hey, you know, the way you think is what you, you know, what you experience and how you feel that's kind of surface. We go a lot more deeper and we start looking into the mechanics of language. We start looking into uh, cleansing your body. We start looking into uh, lots of stuff to see, you know, just what we can 
put in our arsenal to actually begin to, it's like a manual for the body, if you may. So that's what we put a lot of our work into. So for sure, I would say that's something that I was guided to do all of my life. Now I'm here and I guess what here should be, since we we're getting into this and explaining uh, this to an audience who hasn't heard, uh, maybe possibly hasn't heard anything from me before. Mm-hmm. What we did develop is, is actually at a certain point, uh, I kind of received this massive transmission of language, like codes in the language. And I took all of that work to not get long winded about it. And I wrote it or tried to do the best that I could in condensing it into a book that's called The Code to the Matrix. And the Codes of the Matrix was like my last will and testament to Earth. It was like me saying, okay, I'm, I think I'm leaving because I've seen some stuff and I've experienced some stuff that makes that possible. However, the saddest thing would be if I left without being able to transmit how I unlocked and unraveled this language so that it can unlock and unravel the mind from its confusion. And so I wrote this book called The Code of the Matrix, which is very encrypted. It's kind of like a cult classic within itself at this point. Hmm. And uh, it went viral. So on the second day, it had like 500,000 views. And so I literally went from say la vie world to maybe I should stick around for a little bit because I was getting a lot of questions about things I had wrote in the book and things that also other people were experiencing, but they hadn't necessarily got this far in some tenses with realizing what exactly was going on. So that message started, it started seven years ago. It started with obviously one person. Now we're at, I checked just the other day and we've actually jumped members. We're actually around 38,000 members now. Wow. So it's building steam and we're going into a whole new level of this also. We're like really pioneering sovereignty because, you know, I, I didn't really get on the phone today to just you know, tell people about, you know, who I am and what I'm doing and all the past stuff. I really like to bring people up to speed right sure. now, yeah. you know, just so they get the most out of it. But it's kind of clear that we as a people have to move into sovereignty. And I've even given myself a personal deadline and my group a personal deadline, which is like 2020, because it definitely shows that we're now stable enough as a community to begin to support each other uh, physically, financially, emotionally, et cetera, as the conscious community. And then we're also ready to break away out of some of this governance and hindrance that's always around us because of things like the monetary system and things like the the draconian legal systems and the things of ways stuff is structured. And now that these kind of disruptive technologies that put the power back into the hands of the people, such as, let's say, cryptocurrency are coming out, then this also means that we want to be awake and aware for the potential of what it can do for the conscious community. So that's what we also do is we look at stuff in real time. We do our best not to judge and just really observe and see and find meaning within everything. And then we put it in its place. So that way it's serving us and not degrading us. But we still know that all of this that we're seeing is us and it's a part of the projection. So we have this thing called all is self. And that basically means that, you know, the only thing that's really going on here is the, the time in which it takes you to learn everything around you is you and however long that takes though. Right. So we want to bring people closer to that awareness. And we find also, especially now that that awareness is achieved by environment being around others that have, have gone into this stage of awareness to some shape or form. Also, because again, each person has a uniqueness, actually unlocking that person and seeing the gift that they have to deliver Mm -hmm. 
But also, we look at these productivity tools, and this is kind of how we have a foot in what we call the fake matrix and the real matrix. We look at productivity tools like Asana and, and different things that are able to link people on a massive scale and actually coordinate major projects that are like the quantum change that the world needs to see since we've given ourselves such a short period of time. So we're making ourselves available all the time and we're getting a lot of assistance from these different realms that actually have the ability to change what is actually happening on Earth into a more harmonic, balanced experience based on the tools that are given. And so the only thing it takes is just someone that knows how to adapt to that, someone who feels like that's their calling, and then they just snap right into it. Hmm. Okay, wow, there's, there's so much information there. You know, I'm looking at just the syllabus for, you know, one of your courses, and it, it covers everything from celestial mechanics, vibratory energetics, deprogramming, holistic wellness, currency. I mean, how do all these things connect in? I mean, how do we learn from all of the knowledge and information that's, that's available to us? Well, you know, that's the interesting part. You know, I, I have a real smooth way of summing this up. So it's good that we're having this conversation today because, you know, you can get a lot of data and information and it actually have no real practical use to your spiritual growth. If you're just taking all that information in and it's just kind of hitting you in the face or going to the side and, you know, you're not really getting what's being transmitted. And the reason why that happens is, of course, because we already know. And it's important to establish, and this is stuff that we go through, is especially in the 2017 phase, is just getting into the all-knowing, realizing that you know there's no amount of books that you're going to be able to read, or you've probably read enough books at this point. They talk about your greatness. They talk about how you're God. You know, they talk about that you have this infinite power to do all these different things. With everyone's read one of these books, but I think every time we we pick up another book, it's kind of saying that we need to get re-encouraged about that idea and that maybe we didn't believe the last book because that's really kind of like the gesture. So at a certain point, you have to say, you know what? I got this. I know it already. This is my, my family, my lineage, my tribe, my cosmos, my universe. So what am I going to do from here now? And so this is a big aspect of, of what we teach is first getting in the knowing because there's an infinite amount of data. This is literally phi that we're dealing with. This is, this is literally the spiral of time. So it creates from the same force a multitude of things that look different, but really all come from the same source. So because of that, it's almost like us going out. And there's nothing, going, nothing wrong with going out. It's just like going out to have fun. But we have to remember that that's exactly what it is. You don't want to make an illusion of, of a nightmare, your reality, right? So when I say go out, we have to remember that we have these states, right? Like where we go into meditation, mm -hmm. we have these states where, you know, we're doing something for ourselves. Nobody else is involved. It's just for ourselves. And then we have sleep kind of, you can kind of put that on that category. And in this state, we are doing everything from the outside in, meaning everything is going constantly into our consciousness. The only thing that's left then for when you come out of sleep, when you come out of meditation, or when you come out of doing something for yourself and individually for yourself is to come out to everything. That's where you'll find me. That's where you find Xavier. That's where you even find your children, your grandma. That's where you find all that. You find that outside. So it's an important observation to realize that obviously we drilled in for years about how language is really a program. And now a lot of people are starting to talk about it. They're having languages, spells and all these different things. So they're catching on. But there's something to remember about language. And that language is a tool that is is decrypted by the brain. So when we read something from a sheet of paper or even hear somebody talking to us in a language, especially like English, it's got to come through the brain first. 
And because the mouth is actually there between what I would say is the, the brain and then there's the heart. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at here is that if you're perceiving something from your brain and it's got to get to your heart before you truly, really understand what's being said or what you're reading, but it somehow doesn't make it that far and it just comes right back out of your mouth, then this could create a pretty disastrous reality. So what I'm talking about is, is that many people are trying to process consciousness from their brain. They're trying to process you know, what their sister and their brother are really trying to say to them when they're trying to really assist them or when they're crying out and need assistance. They're trying to do that from their brain. And the brain, because just how it's set up biologically, is not designed to actually handle stuff like that. In most cases, it's only designed to either say yes or no. Hmm. And because the person can't generally do one of those, they kind of get what we call double-minded or confused. Versus if you take a moment and process what, what's coming in and then let it go into your heart, then you can see and feel more of what needs to be done and how you should respond. So, of course, you know, to me, you know, like I've studied a lot about English. So there's a lot in English that's very tricky. So what happens is, is that sometimes when you're talking or even when you write something to someone, you could think that it's coming across one way, but it's coming across entirely different. Sure. Just yeah. the moving movement of one word, a typo, not adding S to something, all <laughs> these different mistakes that can actually be made casually could actually change the entire meaning of the sentence and what the person is, is thinking that you're saying. Mm-hmm. And this is also even happens verbally. It happens more, obviously, literally, but more, uh, uh, more literally and verbally. So if I'm also talking in English and the person's hanging on every word and they're literally saying, well, I didn't understand what you said last, that's all brain because nothing's actually going into the heart. So there's a technique that we also use about when it gets to the point where you know somebody's bringing some knowledge and truth, it's ringing with you, it's resonating, but you don't have a clue what they're saying, which means you'll probably learn something then, then you should probably more tap into the tone and the vibration. Like hear the tone and the vibration and the essence of the person if you start losing track of whatever they're saying. And what you'll find is just like a kid that can, you know, you can watch a movie. I used to as a kid, as a kid watch movies in foreign languages. And if you're just watching the movie, you get what's going on, even if you don't speak the language. And it's just because the way the rhythms and the tones and the sounds and the environment is being put together. Right. So this is more of the language that the heart speaks. And now I would encourage people, even though we've just come out of a major brain phase, they call it the fifth sun. Everything's external. We perceive everything from the outside. Now we're in the sixth sun phase coming in, and this is everything internally. So it actually makes sense now that people are looking deeper into, quote unquote, mindfulness, looking deeper into their lives and what's happening around them, seeing the Groundhog's Day type of effect of basically going in and out of a job every single day, seeing grandma leave, grandpa leave, and nobody know where they're going. So people actually are starting to really come into this cosmic alarm clock wake up. And this means that the party is about to get started. Like I am a pure optimist in every extent. I realize that even if you reverse engineer the body alone or a few flowers, you can tell right away that whatever put this together, which I believe is us, is highly intelligent because you don't get stupid. You don't get intelligent things from stupid beings. Mm. Right. So this gives us uh, a benchmark. Also, it's like maybe what's actually happening is and this is I'll just say maybe to play with it, that there are, are multiple high levels to all of these realities and different experiences that you can dive into. However, just like, let's say, for instance, a person who is really on point with everything they're doing in life and really want to stay on track and working on themselves, 
they don't want to get into conversations and get dragged down by things that are not harmonic with that frequency. They can, if it's their work, they can have a tendency to be involved in that for a time. But technically, your environment governs who you are after a while. So I would then assume that, let's say, if there were some higher massive life forms, which I like to call the higher self, that the conversation between us and the higher self would be almost non-existent until we moved up to a level to where it would be worth having a conversation with us. Because that's also how I treat life myself. If it's like, if it's not worth my time and it's not worth my energy, the biggest thing that I've learned is not to give it. Because like if my, all my energy is, is, is designed to be put into the women, to be put into the children, to be put into the community, the family, the foundation that we're developing on earth, I don't have time to put my energy into an argument or put my energy into someone else's uh, misconceptions about reality, that the uh, reality that they're experiencing, et cetera. So what I'm saying is, is that as we become more effective, as we become more aware of what we really are, we spend less time actually just in this regressive, which we call, let's say, for instance, the past, the moon, reflecting, you know, remembering all of that past based stuff. We spend less time there and more time in the projector, more time on the tip of the sun, more time in spaces that actually create the modes that the reality experiences next. So we put ourselves into this position because the body, the mind, the soul in conjunction is very powerful. So it's more than capable of doing it. In fact, it's kind of overkill. Hmm. So it's only just a matter of the linking, the connecting, the synergy. There's also a galactic time. I will say that no matter how much I've tried to push to do certain things at certain times and points in this last seven years, it's been like hitting a wall. Not because there was some dark, diabolical being trying to stop humanity from coming together, but that it just wasn't time and it was going to throw off sequences to later on happen that needed to happen in the future. And then when we move ourselves into that kind of, let's say, hyperdimensional spectrum, we can do that with our mind. The mind is hyperdimensional. It sees the past, it's aware of the present, and it can go into the future. So we have the, the dream world can do it. So we have these faculties, if we choose to use them, that are very hyperdimensional, that give us a 360 or a three-dimensional approach to what's happening around us. So if we're using this two-dimensional approach, though, yes, no, good, bad, uh, that's going to only give us a certain amount of the awareness of what's really happening. So knowing that, though, it actually should be like a eureka moment. You should click your heels because this would then be the reason. This would be the reason why maybe you didn't get along with that other person. Maybe you didn't get to the stage in life that you wanted to get to yet. This is, and I could say for sure, because I'm not only the client, I'm the president. This is something that when I put to practice, it made such dynamic changes. It landed me in Costa Rica. It landed me around, around amazing brothers and sisters to share you know, knowledge, energy, and love with. It also it landed me into instructing this community of hundreds of thousands of people. There's just 30,000 members, but hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world. Hmm. Wow. I mean, you know, something that I think about as you speak about this is, you know, in my early days when I was sort of waking up, you gain this sort of awareness to what's going on here. There was no Google to search about this stuff. You know, I, I had no idea what was going on at all. Yeah. And now it's it seems like everyone knows about this. You know, people are practicing kundalini yoga. People are talking about this, you know, quote, new age movement. This knowledge is so <laughs> old. It comes from thousands of years ago. But it seems like there's this proliferation of awakening or knowledge or transmission that's happening on this earth that we can observe, we can measure, we can see this. I mean, you can go to Google Trends and click this and look at where things are, are charting on a graph. 
I mean, where do you see this headed? Are we leading up to a precipice? Are we leading up to a moment of something happening on this planet? Or is it something progressive that we're realizing more and more, you know, slowly? Well, I always say that the ancestors are not in the past. They're in the future because it's a vibrational frequency. So if something's on a massive vibrational frequency and has come into some level of harmonics, then technically it wouldn't be in the past because the past is like a vacuum. It would be in the future. And so what's actually happening is we're headed back to the future. (laughs) And as we get closer to it, what we see is we see the actual reason why we're here. We see why we jumped in the time machine. The, the consciousness can go to the past, it can stay in the present, and it can go to the future. So it's a time machine. So we've chosen to be in this space, right? Like we're actually in this space right now. If you're in full control of your consciousness, you've chosen to be here. It really puts us into this position of looking at, okay, in history, the change of every epoch was determined by the currency. It was determined actually by the money. So. Contrary to what most people think, the first letter in the English alphabet, which is A, when you turn it upside down, is actually the symbol of the Arak, which is basically a cattle. And it's because this cattle was so central to the first group of people, it actually equated to their wealth. How many cows you had determined how many wives you had, how much land you had, and everything else. So that was the first current. But that also was the God then. The God, even as it is today, the Bible or two bulls hmm. or two bull cane, that horned God, which is still used in the Wiccan tradition and is still, you know, contrary to what most people think, the God of the Old Testament was also for the people, the God and the money. OK, so now let's see if we find another instance of this. When gold became money, it had the same thing going on, especially in the Kemetan empires. You had the gold-faced gods, basically, and you had monatomic gold being produced from the five base pyramids. You had all this affinity going on with gold, and gold was the money, and gold was the god, okay? And then the secret about gold is, is it contains the same frequency throughout the universe, so it actually does really resonate and connect like an antenna to a lot of things if you know how to use it properly. We find several instances of this. It proves that what I'm saying is actually a fact, that even to the point that we moved into these industrial ages, the computer ages, now we're, of course, in this computer age, and the computer has become God for many of these people. The height of the computer age is not just how much people worship their cell phones and their computers. They don't go anywhere where without them. They do more with their computers than they do with themselves, honestly. But it's the next stage of where computers go, which is actually artificial intelligence. That gives us a grander hint to what exactly is going to happen here. Even with quantum computing, with computers being able to access another spatial of time to do calculations or another space or a quantum space to be able to do larger calculations, hints to what we've already discovered, and that's every single technological device that we have on this planet is a direct plagiarization, if you may, or taken away from something that is already functioning in the body. It's facts. Cameras are eyes, antennas are hair. All the different components that you can think of are in the body and taken from that original will of the grand creation that we put together. So 
if that's the case, then you can literally then back engineer things like quantum computing and realize that, yeah, the consciousness has an ability to go into another spatial to try to answer problems that it can't figure out on Earth. <laughs> and we've we got people that do that, right? Like they go into meditation, they go into dreams and they figure out stuff. So if we keep going in that direction and we try to find a connection between artificial intelligence and what's going to happen to us spiritually in the future, because AI is going to reach singularity at 2020, it actually means it's kind of like the beginning and the end of time is going to happen. And everything that is ever needed to be known, if you may, like confirmed, is going to be known and confirmed. Now, for many people, it's going to be confirmed to them by AI because they treat AI like a god. They feel like that it's more smarter than them with deep thinking neural networks and billions of different uh, um, sets of data that it learns and, and responds to that if you ask it a question, how to create a better aerodynamic design, how to cause something like this to happen in the future, how to drop crime in this community. When you ask it questions like that, it's able to come up with more efficient answers than the standard human being. Now, I'll say standard. Because there's, there is some, some graduated human beings that are not being asked those questions. But what I'm saying also mm. is, is that, okay, so if we're going to get to this AI singularity where they're going to ask AI and you know it's going to happen, do we have a soul? And then when AI virtually, <laughs> literally, virtually drags them through the entire reality of data showing that for sure we have souls, we have all the, the knowledge and the confirmation. It's just not been put in front of everybody because nobody has presented that question yet. So you got presidents that even if you ask them, what about God? They don't have real answers. So what happens when they try to instill something like an AI as the president because it's the smarter one or can make most of the decisions? And then when they ask it, as they're doing now, what about spirituality? What about this? And it starts giving them real answers. That's going to equal confirmation for them. But this is going to be a kind of a sticky moment. And this is what we're preparing for. And it's because still, just because you find out something, it doesn't mean that when you say, oh, okay, now I believe that. It doesn't mean all of a sudden just everything changes from there. Like you begin the process just like all the rest of us. This process could take three years. It could take seven years. It could take two lifetimes. It could happen in one week, one month. But what I'm saying is it doesn't happen immediately just because you confirm that you have a soul. So after that, there's going to be this process. And this is what I believe is the, the cleaning up connection, the community that begins to happen in the future, because you're going to have all these people now knowing they need to get their soul developed, but they're going to need to know how to do that. And it's going to need to be clear. It's not going to need to be some new marketing outlet that's just trying to sell you another meditation DVD. It's not going to need to be like, you know, just somebody that's trying to invite you down for, you know, arm testing to test your strength. It's going to have to be so concise because it's going to need to meet these intelligent people where they're compartmentalizing themselves and standing. So that's why we also are very abreast of all the data and the technologies from metamaterials all the way down into bioorganisms to, you know, simple stuff to complex. Like we don't really miss anything, but it's very interesting because when you know metaphysics first and then you master, let's say, certain levels of metaphysics, you can go into anything. And in fact, if you just master anything, that's why we try to get the person to look into their uniqueness because they can master that a lot faster. Once you see the steps of mastery, that's applicable to anything. And then those applications, just like what we see in the world now, and we want to we change this, but still, 
the things we use in the world pretty much every day were developed by one or two people. So let's not be surprised if a group of people, a thousand people, who cares, starts to implement especially disruptive solutions to how the reality is normally running, where it's not a question of if they want to let you in or not, but you've created something that really allows people to create, to go to the alternative and ignore all the old paradigm stuff. So that's why also, if we look at, let's say, open source technologies, which are happening now, we see this startup phase that everybody is into, right? And then that keyword disruptionalism, where you can literally take down a Merrill Lynch. You can literally even go after a JCPenney or whatever by simply creating something that is more inclusive. Let's say Etsy versus JCPenney. Like, what's the difference? The difference is Etsy includes everybody's stuff that they create by hand. JCPenney wants to send you the next shipment from China. And it's a big difference. JCPenney is going out of business. Etsy just posted their highest quarter numbers to date. So it's really <laughs> not an, a choice, you see what I mean, for the JCPenney group. Either they go back to the Black Forest or they start getting mindful themselves. And so this is what's happening in we want this. The collective is powerful and strong. We've learned a lot of experiences. And that's what I credit the crazy stuff that goes on in the past, because sometimes to get people to agree on something, they must see what they don't agree on. Right. There's a brand new app that just does that. That's knocking all the apps out of the box. It doesn't link people together about with what they like. It links them together with what they don't like. So all of those things we can take and we because it comes from a core spiritual fundamental and value, we can take those things and restore them to their original wealth and then distribute them back into the community. Hmm, wow. Whenever I hear you speak, there's so much information and you know you and when you hear something, when you feel something that is true, it it rings inside you. You can feel it through your cells, moving through your body. And I want to go back to currency because this is a big sort of topic of conversation with Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and, and where we're going in relationship to money and wealth. It seems like to me that the bankers and those who were originally holding all the wealth in the world, they're a little bit scared right now at these disruptive technologies that are coming out. Would you agree with that? Most definitely. I mean, it's a frenzy right now. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen the world like this, but I've only been here 38 years, right? So the truth is, is that it's a very, very interesting time because we have a lot of third party groups, meaning that not directly related to the government, uh, that are also making a push to at least stabilize their own reality. And I'm not saying that these people like consciousness or any of that, but, you know, everybody has different levels of instincts. So some are looking at this like, hey, this is not a stable system. We need to create one on our own. And a lot of these new technologies, such as the blockchain, you always say where there's a great level of power, there will also be a great level of fear. It, it, any of these things, if it's just misused, it can equal like the, the next level of our nemesis, right? So we have to learn how to grab the wheel. Like I always say, big ship, small rudder. Earth is a big place, but it's still controlled by just one small current. And that current is basically who, who is able to really bring in that next level of the paradigm because everybody wants that. So it's clear that the next level is sovereign. It's more of like you become your own bank. Because here's the thing, if I work 16 hours a day, which I do, and all of my money and my time and my energy has to be sent through what I would say is a necromatic funnel. And let me explain that. 
we got this dollar, it's dead presidents. Okay. And it's made with all this paper that it's basically a magical blend because the people who put it together, they were Pappas. Even their teacher was named Pappas. And what is it? What a Pappas is, is a person who knows how to cut roots. They know how to use different types of trees and in different types of ink and create talismans that actually are able to pull down the power of the stars and put it right into that symbol. And that symbol, that paper, that talisman. So with money, money has this thing going on where it's literally connected to what I would say is a club of vampires. You know, maybe people don't want to speak directly about it, but we already know it. The whole debt system has got is sucking on the life force of our entire species. So because of this, we have to see what that is energetically. And is that really harmonic with the next level of where we want to go? And obviously it's not. The old paradigm is the dead presidents. Okay. So when you put something dead onto a talisman and then you put its signature on it, it's necromancy, right? Like, so that's like you said, that's old stuff. Okay. So Mm. that's generally now the broker, if you may, which is why a lot of people are broke. This is the broker between you and your energy. Like if you go work, your energy, you get income. But when you work, you're supposed to get outcome. <laughs> so it's basically like you, you go to the job and they're charging you for the time you're spending there. So these are the deals, whether we are aware of it or not, that we actually have with the current financial system. And so when we can see a day where the value is put back into the hands of the people, which is what's happening now, like cryptocurrency basically has no innate value. It's only speculation. But it's already driving a $300 billion market that is estimated to be worth $10 trillion. And it's just because even though somebody would say, well, cryptocurrency doesn't have any innate value, neither does the dollar. (laughs) So because it's not backed Mm. by the gold standard. So because of that, this is like this is the time of our lives. We haven't seen anything like this necessarily since, I don't know, a Nimrod. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, is that. So if I work this 16 hours a day and I only want for, for whatever it is that I'm putting in, whatever service I'm giving to the tribe, I only want back something that is harmonic to me, which would then in this case be my own cryptocurrency. The connection is so clear. The level of prosperity is so abundant. You could take $100 and turn it into 10000 with that kind of clean cleanliness running through your own current. This is why we have to understand the word currency comes from the word current. It's a reference to power. It's a reference to energy moving through you. And so, of course, yeah, you don't got a lot of money. You have a tendency not to be able to go that many places. You got tons of money. You pretty much can go anywhere. So we want to restore that original system, which is about your chakra centers. It's about your kundalini. If you don't have a lot of current and kundalini, you can't astral travel. You'll be grounded. So that's what's happened to the earth is that it's delegated. It's literally been hoodwinked. It's delegated all of its energetic centers over to an external force, a dead president. And then has, they've lost the ability to use their true internal visa, their ability to go anywhere, the astral body, the lucid dreaming. They've lost that in exchange because they got to now, because they are transferring this current, they got to spend time. So when this time comes into play and people have to exchange their energy for time, it locks them into that life and death loop. And you're talking about beyond a God with people like 
even when you're trying to put terms on what the soul is inside a human body, it's only an underestimation. So this is why each person then actually has this huge allotment. They call it the Dharma, right? They have this huge amount of currency stored up and they just don't know how to release it. So this puts us into a whole different area than the society is right now, because think about it now, people don't want to really see you shine. They don't really want to see you like they start talking about you and it just becomes like a conflict. And it just so that's the direction things have been going. And then and that all has to do with the money and the necromatic system. And then now what cryptocurrency even means is that in the crypto or when you crypt something like encryption, it's literally taking these dead presidents and it's making them no more. It's putting them into another system to where you can no longer trace even where it was in the first place. So it's basically vacuuming up all the dead presidents off the dimension so that people can get out of the old paradigm of the debt system, signing their names on two dimensional pieces of paper and saying they're now in debt, getting their social security cards and all this stuff and put in the exchequer and all these different ceremonies and things going on around who we are, the straw man, that kind of stuff, all that's old paradigm. And then the truth is, is that when a person unlocks their uniqueness, that's when they come into the full realization of that. Until then, they kind of like believe it, but it's something they need to see it in themselves. And the only way they see it, and this is what every teacher should know, the only way that person will ever see it is if you unlock it within them. And and that's the tap dance. There is something being built. We're constructing it as it goes, like we're scaling it up. And it's true and it's genuine because it's about us and it's about the facts. And the facts are, if we're separated, we can never be stronger. We come together, we're stronger, we're more expanded. So what we've been doing is we've even been creating these nucleuses. And then what happens from there is we begin to see those teams accelerate into whatever their projects are and reach completion faster. And this is all something that actually just started within the last two months. So we're always pioneering something new, but we literally know now this stretch between here and 2012 is about your personal sovereignty. It's about you realizing that true power is just when you walk up to your light switch and you turn it on and it comes from you. And by all means, this, what we have here, this collective, this spectrum, it will go into its infinitude. See, there's nothing actually that can prevent that but us. That's why I encourage people, hey, get out of your own way. Get out of that mind, the monkey mind, the egregor that has been constructed from the time that you were designing your chakra centers from one to wherever you are now. Get ready to commit that thing to the fire and let it rise like a phoenix into its new stage. And then... Stop bringing the old paradigm back into the new phase like because that's just pulling you back. Don't let people pull you in there. Realize the power of environments. Get out of there already. Realize that when you set those intentions in resonance, we can take you from there. Yeah, man. I mean, wow. I just, you know, uh, another reason that I really resonate with a, a lot of the things that you're doing is there's so much of this aspect of mystery that surrounds us or this this idea of, you know, looking externally for these answers. And, you know, and we do this all the time when we're, we're looking for, you know, this guru aspect of, of things where we're looking for something external to ourselves. But what we either learn through experience or we end up finding out is all the answers that we're looking for are already here. They're, they're already inside of you. They're already within you. And 
sometimes I wonder, what am I doing? What What is going on? I mean, are we really making a difference? You know, is it possible to shift this current trajectory that we're on? And it really feels like social media has become the opiate of the masses where, you know, we're in this sort of illusion of connectivity, but it's not that. It's not. We feel like we're connected, but it's it's not. We're not connected. We stand in elevators. We stand in subway cars. We don't know the person's name standing next to us. You know, what, what can we do to help each other, help ourselves? You know, I mean, what is your answer to that, Seven? I mean, how do we, how do we help others? Well, what I do is, is that, you know, I look at any kind of problem because you know how they say in entrepreneurship that you're supposed to look at problems that everybody is having and try to come up with solutions. And then maybe that'll be another successful company. Right. So if we take that right into the spiritual scope and we say, OK, well, what, what's the issue that every that everybody is, is basically facing in this? And you're right. This uh, virtual connectivity ain't going to get it like it, it serves as like a pacifier or a bandage to a wound that eventually just busts open because the person still needs that connection. And also each person virtually plays a unique key to unlocking another person like we're literally designed to work like that. So if we can't connect on that level, that means that we don't actually find our connection and our purpose. So what we've done is we actually just design the tools. Like I'm not here to kind of like, you know, just discuss the tools that we've designed and what we're doing just as it's like some kind of pitch. But I will say that I encourage the teachers and the leaders and, 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 and the thinkers to sit down with these questions and say, okay, well, if we're even asking them, that means there's not that many solutions. So what can we introduce as a new solution? And what I found is, is that it was like a hybrid connection. And this is what we're rolling into right now with, uh, with our mindful projects. Because also, let's say, for instance, someone has done a lot of work on themselves and let's say they create a community. You, if you get a person coming right out of Vegas into that community, they're going to wreak havoc on that community. They're literally going to come like two atmospheres up. They're not even going to be able to breathe. It's going to be sick to them. So you need to have some kind of onboarding process, right? So we thought about all this. We went through the entire process and we even created ambassador training for that specifically. It's like the onboarding process of actually getting a person into the realization of how to connect with others. Use certain metrics. Like we, we take a person through actually just first unlocking themselves. Like if you look at all the life paths, what you learn is not that everybody is different, but that there's a different aspect to self. So when you learn even how to communicate to, let's say, a four or a five and how not to communicate to them, you get further along. So this time that you learn really something that applies to you, it also redundantly just goes right back into assisting the person that you're communicating with. So that, and that's like a symbiotic relationship then, right? So that's kind of what's first is teaching the person how to stand on their own too, how to be self-motivated, where self-motivation comes from, like how your, your dreams and desires, they change. Like when you were little, a simple pager, I remember when I was young, I just wanted one of those pagers. And man, I was like working. I, was, I, I did roofing for a month as a, as a younger kid in the hot California sun just to buy that pager. And when I got it, it was like, ah, now try to give me a pager. I'm going to be like, huh? And it's like, because, and then it, later on, you know, it's the car. Like, remember your first car? I mean, come on. It's like, so there's these stages, but now give you a car. And it's like, oh no, another bill. You know, you process it different. So we have to be ready to look at ourselves now and say, hey, what's motivating you right now? Because if there's nothing there, there's no fuel in the tank, baby. And we need to do something about that. And obviously the healing, because, you know, right. nature, we're in a, a connection here already. We're in a marriage. It's just about whether we want to go back 
and reestablish that connection. Any blue zone, just find one around where you are. Any blue zone, when you get in that area, if you're still one of those people that you're cool with nature, you love the birds and things, but you still feel a little anxious when you're there, you want to get out of there. Like you want to go, you know, maybe downtown, go to, you know, you maybe have the, the, the city bug, right? What you want to do is, is you want to get into areas that have a stronger dose of nature because nature is not the same in every place that you go. And so if you go into a blue zone, one day, two days, deja vu start increasing at least two to three times about this recollection that you had about self. It's like, I always call it the smell that reminds you of grandma's house. Like you just get triggered with this, all this different stuff. So it increases the rate of that because what's happening is that atmosphere that's around you, look at the term at most fear, the atmosphere that's actually around you needs mm. to be regenerated, needs to be patched. So these are ways that that's why I say as above, so below we, that you can use tools that may be directly around you, maybe one plane flight away to actually change your entire life. But if you're trying to do it another way, because then it becomes like, if you're trying to do it in the fake matrix, as I call it, it's always like the moment I get this amount of money, the moment I get this job, the moment that she grows up, the moment that he leaves school, the moment that, and it never stops. So in the truth is, is that you have to be back on the wheel and be like, okay, you know what? This is common sense though. If I put myself somewhere where I can charge and regenerate, then I will have more power not less. And so let me get my, let me go get some grounding and let me go ahead and fly from here. If it's worth it to you. Now that's another thing. That's why motivation is important. And even some people are motivated by the fire. Some people are motivated by, let's say the fear, because the fear is the fire. The, that's the fairy, right? This is the kind of thing where the person literally always needs the fire under their butt in order to do the next thing. They need to feel like there's an impending disaster, which is immature. So the thing is, is that when you get to a certain level of maturity, it's like you don't need that fire under your button. But until then, generally, most people make big changes in their life when some disaster happens. I always say prevent the disaster or get out of the disaster now by just boom. And that's why they say they move in mysterious ways. It's just all of a sudden they're like, yo, what are you doing? Packing my stuff. (laughs) Where are you going? What do you mean packing your stuff? You see just how flabbergasted. The environment and the frequency that you're in is that is about if you're trying to make an advent out of that, and that's when you catch it. That's when you realize, like, say, let's say, if there's any dark part of the reality, it's that those vibrations that want to keep you in that same whole pattern. And once you start realizing what's going on, there's other notions like when your energy gets drained. You know, you're about to go do something big, and the person always calls you and argues with you, and then you go in there, and now you're all in the dumps. Now you got to pretend that you're happy. When you got to watch out for that kind of stuff, and you got to remember, this is about you. Like before you start talking about everybody else, remember, other people are on different levels of time. So this means that person that you're sitting next to, while you may be in, I don't know, 532, uh, 9B. They may be on 506D. And just because you guys are in the same space doesn't actually mean that you're on that same wavelength. So we have to remember that actually, when we go into another wavelength, we warp the reality around us. Then all of a sudden you're in another country. Now you've changed into another planet. Countries are the as below planets. So you've gone to another planet now. Now you're, there's a new language, there's a new custom. So now you got a new, a new consort because all the planets are, are wives, are wombs, right? So now you have this new consort. So that's, that's adventure, right? That's the, that's the, the Burkhart, 
which is the original Indiana Jones. That's the the mindset, the explorer society. That's the essence of that. And that's why I was saying that, see, when things get closer to the top, bottom of the vortex, when it's about to turn around, you only see everything at its distortion <laughs> and it's just greatest distortion. Judging it ain't going to help you. You could just judge all day. You could be a critic and just judge all day and let it drag you down. But when you know where you're at, you know where you're going. And that's exactly how plants grow. So it's like, now I know where I'm at. I'm in the, I'm in the vortex, but I'm choosing to be here because I'm in a, a craft or a rocket that can easily jettison out of this with quite a few brothers and sisters with me. So we have to really understand that you, you created this. This is like your PlayStation. All of the, the, uh, the bugs and the, the animals and the insects, the, the, your parents left it up to, to, your aunt, to your recent ancestors to even put those together. Like I said, when they weren't thinking about Oculus Rift and they weren't thinking about PlayStation, actually they weren't thinking. They were knowing. And so the only thing that's happening for, for us right now is we're just one click away. We're one click. And the moment that thing clicks in place, which can happen for anyone, anytime they want. We're not waiting on 2012, 2020, or anybody else's dates. Anytime you're ready to line up, boom. Just like today, you're going to hear what you need to hear, but you hear it in a different way. It's like somebody could come with the same thing you've read powerful people, the Jordan Maxwells, you know, everybody had something in there, the Daniel Winters, you know, everybody had something, but it's also, well, what space are you in when this is coming to you? And if it's coming to you at that key point, which a lot of us are at that key point where it's pivotal to making the choice to choose yourself in this, that's where the expansion happens. So it's not just like for me, data, 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 even though I got it, like if a person wants to go at it, 60 million at least, all decrypted, light codes left in the grid after the last shutdown of what happened here on Earth last time, which is another story. But I have that information. But what is it worth? Hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, like gold and diamonds. Like we, li- we leave. We don't take that stuff with us. Knowledge, even the brain gym stuff, that stuff doesn't go with us. What goes with us is the truth and the essence, and it's always us. So if we can live in that now, and that's why it's like everything is the incubation, everything is the stage. We can't believe for one moment that what's happening here isn't a grand design in our favor. And that's what it is. It's like, don't be surprised if when you're leaving here, all these draconians and all these whatever, the next enemy Illuminatis or whatever, just are waving like they're in costumes because they're all programs. Even a person themselves can just be living as a program or a script, acting like a character in a mainframe, doing only yes and no's like a binary code. A person can literally be that way, or they can jump into that next side of self, that wholeness, as we call it, you know, and start really seeing that. You know what? I, I see what I see. You know how they always say that just learn from somebody else. Like my mom used to tell me earlier, learn when I was young, she always said, like, James, you need to learn how to learn from other people's mistakes. Man, I can say now is the greatest time because it's not a mistake, though. You got to realize some people went down paths to draw maps for us. And now we take that path and we look at it from the bird's eye view, which is the highest state of our consciousness. And we can see where we're going. But if we come at this at all from that old paradigm, dualistic, I'm judging you phase, you can judge me phase. How are you going to judge me when I don't even know myself? 
<laughs> you don't even know you. How are you judging me? It doesn't even make any sense. So this is where the empowerment comes in because obviously the systems are designed to disempower. They're designed to push you down, to make you feel like you're just a citizen. You know, this guy is over you, all this kind of stuff, right? So obviously that doesn't make sense anymore. And this is where the segue comes in truly. And it's like, okay, but here's the alternative. This is not just a, another glorious speech on another sanctimonious Sunday. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about if you, first of all, if you're trying to get out of the vortex, if you start letting stuff out of the cargo, like all that baggage, like all that, gr the, gr the grief, even before all of that, because you're trying to go through the mind, just clean your colon. All that stuff is going to get the vibration up. And as sure as the planet exists, if you don't get to another level, the whole thing would just disappear because it does work on specific mechanics. It does have it. See, you know, they wanted us to believe that, it, oh, it's so so it, you can't control it. And it just we don't know where it goes. No, we know everything about this and more. All the knowledge what that's here, phi, how plants grow, how you can take radiolaria, seeds from the earth, patterns in your mind, how you can manifest and create things, bring them from the external worlds and into the internal, the male womb, the female womb, homaculus, parthenogenesis, you know, being able, men, men becoming women, women becoming men, men and women living in the same body, hermaphrodites, all these different things are all what we're looking at. That's all our history. That's all our legacy. So instead of, let's say, that disempowering us, right, that's our fuel. And that's why I said it in the beginning of this conversation, giving thanks to the ancestors who are the DNA, who are the memories. Because do you know when a person gets really old, what do they have? Just their memories. And they can sit in those memories and smile and every single thing because they can actually tap back into the essence of energy that's in those memories. Yeah, it's so resounding, man. I love, love hearing you speak, man. Love when you get into the flow and the rhythm of things. You know, something that I do is it, when I'm in the middle of, of putting out all the various fires and, and, you know, just, just dealing with all the things that I, that I deal with. And I start to realize my problems aren't that big. When you just think about how vast and massive this, this universe is, this place that we exist in is, I realize that I'm just creating this. I, I'm doing this to myself. It's like putting a magnifying lens on my problems and my issues and what's going on with me. But when I just think about, you know, no, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm making this so much bigger than it really is. You know, something, something I wanted to ask you about James is how important is what we put into our bodies? Like how, how important is the frequency and the resonance of the things well, you know that what? we are I, consuming? I wouldn't want to address just what you said first, because I think that that's really what people are going to be oh, experiencing sure, more than anything. That's why we're all really in synchronicity is about so what's really happening? Like just what you just said, like what is, what is the reason for that? Like why are we experiencing almost like a assailant in our own consciousness? Why would I want to destroy myself? Why would I want to tell myself things bad? Why would I want to experience anxiety? Why am I doing this to myself, right? So when I went through the higher vibration, uh, yeah, that's exactly how I did it, by asking about just the whys, literally the why. Because if we look at that, that symbol, the why. Anytime you look into a corner of a wall, you see the why. And the reason for this is because the truth is when we process language, we have to remember there's a specific scripture about this in the Old Testament, which is coming from like the old stuff. Remember, the, a lot of the Old Testament is coming right out of the Sumerian tablets. So there's this part where one of the gods is like, hey, you know, it looks like they're down there, they're constructing, they're building, they're coming together. We need to stop this. 
because if they keep going with this, then they're going to be able to scale the heights and they're going to even be beyond us. And then the question is presented, so how can we do this? This is actually in the Old Testament. I'm just paraphrasing. How can we do this? And then there were some suggestions offered. And one of the angels said, basically, let's do it with language. So then after that, there was a commission to go down and change the languages. And anybody who's read the Bible knows about this. And then when the people, that's what began Babel, because nobody could understand each other. So it just sounded like you were just babbling. And then eventually the people divided from each other. Now, sometimes people try to take that story literally. They actually try to imagine like a literal thing going on. And this is destroys it. That's why knowledge really locks out the profane. What's actually being said is, truthfully, you have to dig deeper into how you are processing the experience. And if it's coming through the language, which it's always suggested to us to think about this, it's always suggested to us to read about this experience that we're having. Now we've taught ourselves something because kids don't come out speaking languages. So we've taught ourselves something, languages like, you know, these hieratic and demotic script languages. They have to teach themselves that. And so what they literally do is they take a beautiful mind, literally, and they set it at war with itself. That's what language, these modern languages have done. So there's literally, because there's a logical side to the consciousness, right? And then there's an intuitive side to the consciousness. And when they're not complementing one another, just like the masculine and feminine forces, then they're at war. And so thus, then the battlefield of Aranha then presents itself. The entire text and the Mahabharata's text are talking about the wars that go on in the mind. They're not talking about external deities. The fifth son had everything looking external and people building temples, but truly the conflicts were happening inside while they were building the temples. You know what I mean? Because it's like what's happened to us is that we went outside looking for something and never found it because it was within. We should have never left. Even when a person thinks that they're alone, you mm. take a breath. You think breath is like nothing? <laughs> it looks like nothing, right? And like water looks like nothing. And then we we'll <laughs> learn then, hey, you know, the most powerful things you can't even see. So if seeing becomes a confirmation for what's supposed to be going on, man, come on, that's the mind job. And that's why we call them masterminds. The only person that can walk themselves out of that maze are the masterminds. And the masterminds are here to walk others out of that maze when they want to. In the ancient traditions, they drew that same maze so you can walk yourself out of the corridors of the Minotaur. There's a Minotaur in the middle of the maze. What is that symbolic for? The A, the first letter, the Arak, the first god, the horn god. Getting out of that whole Minotaur maze, getting out of the mines. Look at the Anunnaki tradition. It says the same thing. Oh, we sent them to the mines to mine the gold. So you got people literally in their own consciousness mining themselves, asking themselves questions they already know the answers to, confusing themselves, right? So we've been turned against ourselves. That's even how it reflects in the reality, right? Like people are literally, like you said, they jump in the elevator and it's like, it's crickets. You know, you can't come around any of me and the fam without doing a dance, get a hug, maybe even sit in a ceremony, you know, because we got, you know, that's how we work. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a celebration, basically. So that's, that's what we want to restore, because when we see anyone doing this, 
and acting the way that way, that distorted way, we know it's just because they need love. And they also need unconditional. See, people got to understand love is now a word by itself. It's used often. It's used on Twitter a lot. Instagrams. It's used on Facebook. I love you guys. I don't even know you. How does that work? But I guess it can happen at the highest stage of your consciousness. But unconditional love, that's different. And I can even say I'm on that path. I'm on the path of learning that. Unconditional love is when there's no actual reason completely why you're doing it. Because you got to say, man, if somebody's down there and they're infected in a disease, are you at the level of faith yet that you're ready to show unconditional love? <laughs> right? We're going to test that faith. So the thing is, is that, but if you've already broke through a couple atmospheres, you could see the distorted code on the guy. You already got the insert to perfect it. It's nothing for you to walk up and to do that. So that's what I'm saying. That's the next stage for us. And, and, and it's something that we're returning to, though, right? Like, we have to know that this is not why it's like, wow. I mean, man, this just sounds like sci-fi. And it's like, actually, no, this was the past as technology. Like, technology is not a new word. All of what we have and all of what we've been through we now bring here into this space. And that's why I said, I'm just present on earth. I'm actually here for the women and the children and the family. That's what I'm really predominantly working with now in this next seven years of, of this growth and putting in some really sound communities, blueprints, inventions and things that we already have ready. So we, we're lighting this thing up and also people can be involved. Like that's why we, we set up a system to scale up now because we're finding after seven years, finally people are like, yo, I think they talking about something. I think this dude's on to something. Let me just listen to them. I don't know though, maybe tomorrow, but let me see. And that's what I call it's the tap dance. Because even after all of that, like I need to now get that animated. So if you're out there, you know how to do that. I now need to get that running under a soundtrack. You know, that's how it is right now. We need to make it into like something that people say, Oh, wow. Vibes. Hashtag vibes. As we're pulling them back out of the digital verse. Right. Because remember, this is the key. And this is the last thing I have to say about just this topic. There was a statement that was made by one of the smartest mm. men in the world. And I'm not going to name any names. But the statement was this. Mm. See, the mistake that was made with the Western world. And how they were thrown off. Is they went the way of the bit. When the other side of the world, the other mm. superpower went the way of the atom. And when they went the way of the atom, mm. it was mm -hmm. so much more. So because obviously you see even the Western culture, it's going the way of the bit. Everything is just the computers and data. And we know damn well this AI cannot beat no real human. It's just not possible. Like put a human on DMT in front of him then and see what happened. You know what I mean? Like, you know, don't just don't put some <laughs> ultra right brain or left brain logical person there. You know, see, it's like give it a real shot. But that's what I'm saying. That's the, the beauty of this. We have all of this time to be together to do the cleanup process of our oceans, to see the corals come back, to be out there scuba diving, hanging out with the dolphins, really seeing what the does, because now you've gotten your vibration right to where you can speak that language. You see what I mean? It's like opening it up. That's why I say it's the great opening. This is like, I spent aeons waiting on this. And all I am is a weapon of mass creation. So we on point. <laughs> mm. 
I love it, man. I, I really, truly love it. And, you know, we worked really hard to, you know, bring this together and have a point where you and I can both connect and, and have this conversation. I, I feel like we covered a lot of really, really great topics and really, really great things that, that people will really benefit from. Seven, my friend, where can people find your work and get to more of what you're doing here, more of what you're saying and talking For about? For sure. They can catch us at Secret Energy. That's where we're at. And we got some massive things going on there. If you see us there, you'll find us. We're also on Instagram at AstroQuest, at my personal YouTube, uh, Facebook page, excuse me, which is Understanding. You know, you could check me out over there. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. <laughs> and we're here for you. And this is what's up. So I also want to say, man, thanks to Human Experience for holding the space. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a pleasure, my friend. We had shot this before and it was great for us, but we wanted to, you know, really make it great for this audience. And I just want to say, you know, the audience is so, so, so fortunate to have someone like Xavier who's putting this time and attention. Like he just didn't like I literally we had to make like three rescheduling. So at any point he could have been like, you know, what? Well, what's up with this guy? I don't know what's up with him. It's off. Never mind. But he stuck with it. And also the universe wanted to time it perfectly to make sure, you know, some of this fresh new stuff is right here on the platter for you, you know, and that, that's how it is, you know. So thank you for, you know, you know, sticking into it. And I'll even call you today. I was like, yo, we good? And you're like, yes. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, man. Oh, Let's wow. I'm, so, uh, I, you know, I have my hand on my heart. I, I, thank you so much, Seven. That, that means a lot. And yeah, we put, we put a lot into this. So just to recap, so it's secretenergy.com. And then if, if anyone searches uh, your YouTube, for your YouTube, Seven Bomar on YouTube, they, just, they can just plug that into Google, right? For sure. Yeah, we have seven years of content. So that's what I would encourage a person is like, remember when you're seeing anything, the further back you go, like there's like literally hundreds of recordings. So I literally was just given the mission in real time of how I was experiencing as I was going through the process. So it's important to remember you can join, get into this in real time and uh, and it will click. You know, if you go back into the past, maybe you hear something that makes you sit down and think about things a little bit more. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, love it, my friend. Guys, this is the human experience. We are going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please do check out my guest, Seven Bomar. Search, search for that on Google and you will find it. Thank you guys so much for listening. You will hear from us next week.